Did you know that 53.5 million Americans play fantasy sports? I'm willing to bet that if you don't play fantasy football, you probably know someone who does. But bet, that's the key word here. Because fantasy is a gamble. There are a lot of perks and bragging rights that go along with winning, but there are also consequences for losing. Losing nowadays in fantasy football, especially coming in dead last in a league, carries a whole different meaning. Fantasy fail. If you're in that contention, ninth, 10th place, that's more exciting than being in contention first, second place. It's a better feeling to not be tomatoed than it almost is to win. Welcome to SC Featured, I'm Jen Latta. In today's episode, we explore the world of punishments in fantasy football. I'm so excited to be joined now by Matthew Berry, ESPN senior fantasy analyst, to talk about the way that fantasy has evolved. And something that people are paying a lot of attention to are these punishment leagues where yeah. it is absolutely awful to finish in last place. Where did this idea come from? It's been going along uh, for a while. I'm going to take a little bit of credit for this, I think. Not that I came up with the idea or anything like that, but I do think I helped publicize or promote this. So I wrote a book called Fantasy Life in 2013, and I discovered these guys in Omaha, Nebraska, called the Tattoo League. And so in that one, the loser of the league has to get a tattoo, like a permanent rest-of-your-life tattoo chosen by the winner. And so... Uh, these guys, when I announced on the podcast that I was doing this this book, and they emailed me and said, hey, this is who we are, this is what we do, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, please, like, you have to let me write about you guys, and please don't send your, you know, send it out to anywhere else, no blogs or anything like that. I know it'll take you, a, you know, a year or whatever for this to come out, but please, I, I'm going to, you know, uh, really promote you guys. And so they did that. And so, like, the loser punishments in years one, two, and three debuted in my book, or at least... The first one might have been out before, but the second and third one did. And they just, you know, in every interview I did about the book, I always mentioned these guys. They ended up getting on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno uh, and being interviewed, interviewed by Jay. Tons of blogs wrote about them, tons of different websites. They got interviewed, like, all over. Here at ESPN, we followed them for a year on Sunday NFL Countdown. We did a, a whole feature on them and, and tracked them throughout the season. So, and I felt like... Once they once that book came out, and I sort of talked about some of the punishments and the um, and certainly the tattoo league, I suddenly heard from everyone about punishments. And again, like I'm not saying I invented it, but just I think people realized, oh, this is something fun. This is something that could get me 15 minutes of fame, could be viral. And then people kept trying to top each other. And so, and I always retweet them. They always send them to me on Twitter, and I always retweet them with the hashtag Fantasy Life. Okay, but why is it not enough? to bear the shame of finishing last. Why do these leagues enact the punishment? What is the incentive for them? Honestly, it's a it's really a bonding experience. It's hanging out with your friends, people that you went to college with, people that you work with, uh, friends and family. And so it's just another thing that bonds you together, that, that end-of-the-year experience that brings everyone together. You think about the punishment, you, you anticipate it. In a lot of leagues, it's more about not finishing last than it is winning the league. Like and people look more forward to the the punishment ceremony than they do the trophy presentation, just because it's so much fun and so uh, it keeps people more engaged in the league. Obviously, because you don't want to finish last, so the more engaged a league is, the better it is, the more close knit it is. So it's honestly, it's it's kind of a bonding thing. 
maybe a little less encouraged to make that trade with the team that's competing for first. Uh, you, you have don't to think through everything. <laughs> you have to think through everything because it is that's one of the issues that fantasy football has faced is that as teams fall out of it, they they stop paying attention, and that's no fun, especially for the teams that are in it. So a punishment. And we have various, you know, we have from light to really severe to like, no way, I'm not signing up for that. Like, there are some leagues where I'm like, I, I wouldn't do that, um, including a permanent tattoo. Uh, but uh, it does keep you engaged throughout the year, obviously. The tattoo is extreme. What are some of the worst punishments that you've encountered? Even some that you mentioned where you would be hesitant to sign on that. Well, I mean, all, all the tattoo ones. It's not just about getting a tattoo whether you're pro or, or con tattoo, it's what the tattoos are. So there's like the, the league in Omaha, Nebraska, there's a, um, there's a uh, care bear, there's a care bear that's T-bowing. Remember when T-bowing was a thing? Like whatever, because he had, he, uh, he had lost to the guy that had Tebow that year. Tebow was actually a, a good fantasy quarterback. There's uh there's somebody that has a picture of Justin Bieber on his leg, his face that says hashtag fantasy loser, hashtag YOLO swag. Um, I mean, some guy like 20 years from now is like, who's that? It's That's Justin Bieber. Like, right. Of course, there, it gets worse. The tattoo league after the year they'd been featured in my book, the loser of that league had to get a tattoo of me. So there's somebody walking around with a tattoo of me and my face. But of course, they had to make it pop culture. So it's not just me, but I'm that was the year of Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball. Remember that video? Of course. So I'm it's my face, but I'm in the Miley Cyrus wrecking ball outfit. I'm on a wrecking, my tongue's out. I'm sitting on a wrecking ball, and in the wrecking ball is Jay Leno's face because they'd been on The Tonight Show. And it says, you know, fantasy twerker, and then twerker is crossed out, fantasy loser. So, like, that's brutal. I, I've, seen, I've seen two different people. Some, one person had to get a tattoo last year of Hillary Clinton, and another person had to get one of Donald Trump. I saw one guy that had to get branded, <gasps> like, like, you know, like what they do with cattle. Like, he had to get branded. They found, they found somebody to make a brand that said loser. Um, so he got, he got branded. Um, another guy that got uh, a tattoo on his butt that said hashtag loser, <laughs> just on your butt. Um, so lots of tattoos in terms of other ones besides tattoos. So I've seen a lot of nipples pierced on men. I've seen a lot of belly buttons pierced on men. Like you see these big hairy bellies, these big hairy chests. And then there's a, there's a, you know, there's an earring, um, you know, on their nipple. Uh, you know, or in their uh, in their belly button. So that's um, uh, those are painful. Recreating music videos has become a thing now, or recreating famous photo shoots. We've had a lot of people be inspired by the ESPN The Body magazine issue, and they've had to recreate some of those. And you know, as you can imagine, fantasy football owners don't always have uh, bodies similar to the athletes we feature in that magazine. Well, we did feature Vince Wilfork and Prince Fielder, so fair enough, fair <laughs> enough, understood. But they are at least pro athletes, right? Um, couple of ones that I don't know if they were terribly bad, but uh, this made me laugh. Uh, one one league I know about uh, where the loser of the league uh, has to get a fat head of the winner. So the winner poses for, a, you know, a fat head, like a huge, like, you know, full adhesive, for, adhesive your for your wall in whatever photo they want. And the loser has to put that fat head in their bedroom for a year. So as you can imagine, the guys like pose for pretty provocative photos, you know, and like, um, you know, the loser had basically, you know, a half naked dude hanging in his wall. And he, he was, he was like a 25 year old single kid. And he's just like, you know, dating was tough that year is, uh, is how he described it to me. So, um, that one, a lot of times you'll see like people that have ugly photos 
they'll take a, an ugly photo of a winner or have a really inappropriate trophy, and the loser has to display that trophy like in their office or in their you know in their living room at home for an entire year. So a lot of understanding. Yeah, you can't hide it in the closet. A lot of understanding spouses out there. Um, <laughs> uh, no question about that. Um, I've had uh, a c- couple other ones that just strike me as really funny. One is uh, there was an auction league in North Carolina. And everyone gets $100 for the auction budget, except for the two people that finished last. They only got $50 to go into their auction. And the other $50, they had to go out on a street corner dressed as mimes and beg for change, perform for money. And however much money they earned on the street corner, up to $100 was how much they went into the auction with. So they had to, because you want every, you know, when you play fantasy, you want the same amount of money, obviously, as everyone else. So, um, so having to perform as a mime for your auction budget, I thought was pretty inspired. It sounds like there's a lot of creativity that goes into this. And you mentioned the camaraderie earlier. Are you finding that this is contributing even more to it as they gather to decide what these punishments are? And how often are you pulled in to suggest punishments? I, I certainly get that. I've been asked to be part of punishments, whether announcing punishments, whether, um, you know, sending trash talk. So I, I do that occasionally uh, uh, when I can. And, yeah, I certainly get ideas from it. I've written about different punishments as well. I, you know, I do a column every year with uh, with uh, the creative punishments I have. And so, yeah, I mean, there's something fun, like one one punishment that I love. Uh, and they sent they sent me the video they posted on YouTube and they, they tweeted it at me and sent it to me. And so they went to a, like an elementary school and, you know, like at the at elementary schools, they have those eight foot basketball hoops, you know, for the little kids to play on. So the loser league had to stand under the eight foot hoop as the rest of the league dunked on him one by one, just totally posterized him. And I'm certain that this was documented of via course. video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and the video they sent me, it's great. Like they edited it. It's like slow motion and close ups and like, you know, real sports center quality uh, video there. So, but I mean, like, just imagine doing that. And, and the guy that, the guy that got dunked on was a good sport about it as well. And like, that's just, that's just a fun activity that you all get together and there's the anticipation for it and the, and the trash talk leading up to it. And then, you know, getting, getting together and actually doing the video. And then of course, sending it on social media, sharing it everywhere. It's, it's a bonding experience. I think it's great if everyone's in on the joke and your, your league is very close knit. You know, I've been in some leagues where people don't like each other every once, and then it's not fun, right? But like, if if your best friend in the world gives you unbelievably, you know, gives you a ton of crap, like you don't care because you know that person loves you, right, and has your back no matter what. And it's just you know the nature of your friendship. But if somebody that you just met walks up to you and starts giving you a bunch of grief, you're like, who the hell are you? Like, stop it! I'm I'm gonna block you or whatever, right? And so I, I think that's important, and that's what happens. So in these leagues, there has to obviously be a level of trust. And there has to be a level of comfort that everyone in the league says, yes, if I lose, I'm okay with that. And which is why, by the way, like the tattoo league, they made everyone sign a contract. Like, you know, and so you know what you're getting into. Everyone's like, yes, if I lose, I will get a tattoo. Do people back out? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard of of, of some people backing out and uh, and it causes great stress. So, yeah, don't agree to something that you're not willing to do like, you know, so you have to, you have to be willing to go down that road. And so there's, listen, there's, there's, there's smaller, easier punishments like having to, um, you know, take an embarrassing, like a shirtless selfie on social media. 
right? Or um, stand on a street corner with a sign that says, like, I suck at fantasy football, something like that. Having to, you know, I've heard of, like, simple, small ones, like an Eagles fan having to wear, have a, uh, have a Giants, you know, bumper sticker for a year, you know, that kind of stuff. And everyone knows that he loves the Eagles and hates the Giants or something like that. So, you know, those are, like, all sort of small, cutesy. I've had people that had to go back and take the SATs. What advice do you have for people who are playing in a uh, punishment league? Don't finish last. Read ESPN. Watch ESPN. Listen to our podcast. You know, we may not get you to the victory chat. We will make sure you do not finish last. You're saying that there are resources out there to help you not be put in this position. 100%. Help us help you. Don't finish last. He is Matthew Berry, ESPN Senior Fantasy Analyst. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Five, four, three, two, one. When we come back, you'll hear the story of the Tomato League and its punishment. You don't come in last now, you get embarrassed. Fuck those fuckers. That's the sound of tomatoes being chucked at a poor, defenseless guy who came in dead last in the infamous Tomato League. My name is Danny Sassoon. I am a former two-time champ of the Tomato League. What's special about our league is that we punish the last place person by throwing tomatoes at them. 45 seconds. You can't move your feet. Stop moving your feet or you start over. That's our goal, to humiliate the person who comes in last because it is embarrassing and you should be tormented for it. The Tomato League is a 10-team NFL keeper league created in 2007. Seven of those teams are actually co-managed, so there's a total of 17 players. They are all high school buddies from New York City. It's a living nightmare, honestly. There it is, baby. Watch You leave with welts, some headshots kill also, but it's just, it feels like the first 30 seconds feel like five minutes of their own right there. Time! How much time? How much time? He's got the time. 32. The last 30 seconds, you're just, for dear life, you're running around in this little tiny four-foot circle that's your horror space right now that you're living in. And that's Daniel Cohen, not Danny Sassoon, who you first heard from. There are actually two Daniels in this league. We'll try to keep it straight for you. So Daniel Cohen has been playing fantasy since the sixth grade. He's now 28 years old, and he's the only person in the league that has been tomatoed twice. Here he is in a 2014 video being interviewed by Rafael Bilderici, another member of the Tomato League, moments before Daniel was pelted by tomatoes. Rafael is holding up one of those plastic yellow wiffle ball bats, pretending it's a microphone. Daniel Cohen, coming to last place two of the last three years. How's it feel? Doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good, Raf. I gotta be honest. Two years ago, no kid. This year, kid. Difference? Oh, there's a difference. Um, I'd like to see the lineage go on. I'd like to see him, you know, crawl, walk. So I'm hoping to make it out of here alive, but uh, chances are slim. We wanted to try to prevent 
teams tanking, teams sort of doing fire sales in the middle of the year, and that would dictate who would win the league. We were thinking about how can we punish the last place. A lot of the last place leagues basically do, you have to pay double entry, or you have to pay more. And we really didn't like that idea, honestly. We didn't want to make it more like monetary. We'll dive into the ultimate tomato strategy to make sure they're ready to leave the most damage in a second. But first, imagine this. The NFL season is winding down and you're in last place. You know that if you finish last, you are going to feel the pain of tomatoes being fired at you for one full minute. You check your phone, you check your lineup, you check the status of the players. Come on, you know this. You've probably been in this situation before. This was Daniel's situation one season. He was 1-9, headed into Week 11. The team ahead of me had a three-game lead with three games left to go. So he was... He, ninth place is the best... Is like, it's as if you won the league at this point, honestly, just because you're not 10th. So he was, you know, all coasting and everything like that. And slowly, slowly, I went on a two-game winning streak, and he lost two in a row, and I took over ninth place from him. And he was living an actual nightmare that week. It's like, you know, Yankees losing a 3-1 lead to Boston, you know? You're viewed like a loser. And this is the other Daniel, Danny Sassoon. We're sending uh, tomatoes to their house, leaving it in front of their doorsteps. We're not letting them forget. They say a comment, oh, what are you guys doing for dinner tonight? We're throwing tomatoes at you. The league schedules the tomato throwing during the summer. It's on the same day as the upcoming season's draft, so it's a pretty big deal. There's even a barbecue after the punishment, so everyone is excited. Well, everyone except the person who lost. So that day, people like to play it off like they're not nervous. That's a joke. There's no way you're not nervous going into that. Um, the build-up that day, you probably don't get so much sleep going into that because you've got a draft after this also. Uh, no, yeah, we're starting fresh. sharp. I don't care who's here. So now it's 11 sharp. We're starting at 11 sharp. That time of year, baby. That time of year. Ready to go ahead, Hunter. Now, before the actual throwing of the tomatoes takes place, there's a lot of trash talk that goes on and inspecting of the tomatoes. We're all seeing each other's tomatoes, how good they are, how firm they are, and how grimy some of them are, and we're just, you know, putting it in the tomatoes' faces, letting them know what's coming to them. And it's just a great atmosphere. We have spectators. It's great. Yes, there is strategy with selecting and getting the tomatoes ready. And we're talking about plum tomatoes here, not those little cherry ones. The throwing usually happens on a Sunday, so Daniel Cohen buys his tomatoes the Friday before. I poke some holes in them, I put them in my shed where it gets nice and grimy and steamy in there, and these things are disgusting. So when they impact, they really stink and they're just all over the place. Other people, you know, buy it that day, they boil them real quick so that they still have a nice hard center, so once they hit, the impact really hurts. These guys are going to feel it. The big white! Time is more valuable than tomatoes here, you know? You always overbuy tomatoes, have some left over, so you know you didn't waste 8 seconds, waste 10 seconds. At the end, you got the full 60 seconds. That's Rafael Bilderici, who's been in the league for six years. He has never been tomatoed. The guys say Rafael throws the fastest in the mid-60s. So I'm going only for headshots. I don't care that he's wearing a helmet. I'm going to make him come off. 
You have to stand against the mat, and I would say people are about 25 to 30 feet away from you. And you can't run away. You can't just stand with your back turned. You have to be uh, circling around. And you can't be can't be on the floor. But if you do happen to fall, one of the rules are that everyone else can now bum rush you and throw from an inch in front of your face. The punishment is finally over for Daniel Cohen. He lifts up his T-shirt to show the guys what his back looks like, and there are red welts everywhere. Daniel, any illegal hard ones? Yeah, there was some definitely hard ones. I got one in the back that definitely killed, and I'm guessing it was Freddy's. Freddy had, Freddy had the bench back. They hit you in your legs a few times, they hit you in your back. Oh, oh man, oh, man. Garbage. You smell like rotten tomatoes, and you get you don't have to get hosed down. Whizzing. Did you hear it when I was talking? Whizzing by your face? I'm not gonna lie, that ear shot was the one that really killed. I actually heard ringing after it. Like we go straight to our fantasy draft right after that. We're not taking a shower. We get that quick hose, maybe a jump in the pool, and people want to stay. They don't want to be within 10, 15 feet of you during the draft. You're sort of like isolated. We love this league. And we're going to stay in it, and it, it helps us stay close as friends. I don't think I could rail and berate, you know, the guys I'm throwing tomatoes at if I wasn't their friend. So it, there is definitely some added closeness because of this league, 100%. So what is the lesson in all of this? Be better at fantasy, plain and simple. Thank you to Matthew Berry and the Tomato League. This episode was produced by Christine Newby and edited by Steve McCarthy, Jeff Arias, and A.J. Irish. Gustavo Coletti is the senior managing producer. And one last thing. If you're listening to us in Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. If you like what you hear, make sure you're subscribed so we're easy to find next time. And if you subscribe in the ESPN app, we can send you an alert whenever we have a new episode. Good luck on your drafts this season. You better not screw up, or else. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Jen Latta.